Welcome to the Diamond Discussions Podcast, talking all things baseball with guests from around the country and recorded at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Here is your host, Nick Sainert. Hey guys, welcome into the Diamond Discussion Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on episode one. Um, I'm super excited to get this podcast up and rolling. I'm your host, Nick Sainert. I'm going to tell you guys, just kind of give you an outline of how this podcast is going to go from now on, what I see it becoming. Um, I'm hoping to get some national analysts, some local radio hosts, stuff like that in here. I'm hoping that I can maybe... uh, pull some strings and get some MLB or, you know, prospects onto the show for an interview, stuff like that. But for today, it's all about kind of the coronavirus. And, you know, I'm as much as the next guy, I'm kind of tired of talking about it, to be honest, but that's the world we live in. And without sports, I think we're all realizing and understanding that we, we kind of took sports for granted as a whole, no matter if it was baseball or football or basketball or what it was. I think we kind of are realizing that we kind of took it for granted. If you're a, if you're a sports fanatic of any of any sport, there is. Um, so a little bit about myself to begin. Just just episode one. Um, I I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, I go to the University of Nebraska Lincoln. I double major in sports media and communications with broadcasting, and then I have a minor in communications. I, I just have been able to, I've been very fortunate in my life already through one year of college. I just, just finished up uh, my, my first year of college and I've been very fortunate. I've been able to, been able to kind of see how college game day was put together a couple months ago when they came into town for uh, the Ohio State versus Nebraska football game. I've been able to do some work with BTN and the uh, Fox Sports and been able to work with guys like Kevin Kugler and Matt Millen and a couple of the other big name national TV broadcasters. And then I've also in high school, I was able to job shadow um, a couple couple broadcasters, some Husker Sports Network guys, some local radio hosts here uh, for sports talk shows. And, and it kind of really solidified that I wanted to go into this industry, even though it's a very competitive industry. It's a very, very fun and always changing kind of industry as well. So I'm super, super pumped to bring this to you guys. Um, I hope you guys are excited as I am. And yeah, I'll just, let's, let's get started with episode one. So, so today we're, we're going to look at like I said a couple minutes ago about the coronavirus and how it's kind of shaping MLB as a whole. And MLB is working hard to, you know, they're kind of at the front of all this and their season's supposed to be going on right now. It was supposed to start March 26th on opening day, but it it wasn't, it didn't. And so how are they kind of trying to agree between the MLB league owners and the players union to, to 
come up with an agreement on, hey, let's play, even if it's a reduced salary pay cut, even if it's, you know, no fans in stadium, no concession, how how are we going to deal with the loss of revenue game in and game out, basically? So um, just a little outline of what we're going to be talking about today is former New York Yankee and Texas Ranger Mark Teixeira kind of wants the players to suck it up almost and bring baseball back because it's it's all riding on what the players want. And we're going to talk about that later. On the flip side, Tampa Bay Rays starting pitcher Blake Snell says that he's not going to play this year without a reduced or with a reduced salary, excuse me. That he he's deserved his he's owed his money that he signed for and there's no reason for him to risk his life. So we're going to listen to his clip on uh, that he said over Twitch over a Twitch stream a couple days ago. Then on the we're going to take a step away from the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic for the rest of the podcast after that. We're going to look at Mookie Betts, who is a all-star outfielder, possible future Hall of Famer, who signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers. This or He was traded to the Los Angeles Dodgers, but then signed a one-year, $27 million deal with the LA Dodgers. He can never suit up for them. And that's going to hurt the Dodgers big time because then Mookie Betts will be a free agent at the end of the offseason, or at the offseason, and he could sign with any team. So the Dodgers could have traded away a plethora of picks, plethora of prospects for nothing. Next, then, we're going to take a look at Armando Galarraga, the Detroit Tigers pitcher, wants the MLB to overturn his blown call and recognize his perfect game that he unofficially threw back in 2010. We're going to take a dive back into that. And last but not least, we're going to look at Roy Holiday, um, the Doc, as his nickname is. He would have turned 43 this week. So we're going to look at take a look at his career stats and, and talk a little bit about him. So let's get the ball rolling. Why don't we? Alrighty, so Mark Teixeira says that players should accept any deal to make the baseball season happen. To Teixeira, bringing baseball back would be worth pay, being paid less. Even, even though he hasn't played baseball in three years, here's what Mark Teixeira had to say in an interview with ESPN on how this year, 2020, is different from any other year. This would be a fight, and players would be right to fight. I think the Players Association has done a great job of sticking together. Owners are making money. Players are making money. This has never happened in any of our lifetimes. It, you know, since the Spanish flu, uh, over 100 years ago, players need to understand that if they turn this deal down and shut the sport down, the amount, they're not making a cent. Okay, so I'd rather make pennies on the dollar yeah. and give hope to people and play baseball than not make anything and lose an entire year of my career. Now, now I agree. I agree. And it is probably, I mean, as a fan and as, you know, spectators of the game and people like 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 us when we're not we're not playing, I I think it's true that being or being able to bring baseball back is worth being paid less. And we're talking about millions and millions of dollars here where these guys, most, most of them now, not all of them. And, and it's harder with MLB because there are the my, there is the minor leagues and they don't get paid nearly as much as we see guys getting paid in the, in the major leagues. We don't see, they don't, they don't get paid the multi-million dollar contracts every year. They're, they're fighting for their job every single game. Um, because one day they could be the starter and then have two bad games where they go 0 for 8 with eight strikeouts 
and then they're, they're not seeing the field anymore. And before they know it, the end of the season is here, they don't get a contract. And so it's, it's different. It's, it's very difficult with the minor leagues in play just because of, it's just, it's just very difficult. It's a sticky situation. So with Marta Shera's comments, I, th- I think it's true. I think it is as a fan, it's, it's easy for us to say, yeah, it's definitely worth having baseball back just because you have to pay, you have to take a 33% pay cut on top of the 50% pay cut that they already agreed to. But in the same interview, Teixeira continued by acknowledging that it was a bad deal for the players from their standpoint, but that if it were him, he would do it anyway. So here's that. Give it a listen. This is unprecedented in the history of the Major League Baseball Players Association. And every other year, I would stand together and say, the owners aren't going to do this to us, and we're going to get paid our full fare. If I'm going to put myself out there, I'm going to get paid a full day's wage. The problem is, is that you have people all over the world taking pay cuts, losing their jobs, losing their lives, frontline workers putting their lives at risk. These are unprecedented times. And this is the one time that I would advocate for the players accepting a deal like this. A 50-50 split of revenues is not that crazy. If you really think about it and boil it down to what the players usually get from a revenue standpoint, it's actually lower than 50% of the baseball revenue for a full season. So if I'm a player, I don't like it. But I'm going to go do whatever I have to do to play, and that means taking this deal. It's safe to say that everyone wants baseball back. I mean, me as much as the next guy wants baseball to be back. And that's why you're seeing the Korean baseball organization take off as much as it has in the last couple of weeks. That's why you're seeing or ha- knowing that people in over here in the United States of America are, are getting up at 4 a.m. to watch a team that they don't know a single player off of. But it's just the live sports, it just kind of is an escape. And it's 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 something that we can all just look at and relax and be like, all right, you know, we can forget everything that's happening with the coronavirus, the pandemic. We can we can not forget about it. Maybe that was the wrong sense of 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 word word choice there, but we can just kind of push it off to the side for two hours on a weekday. And enjoy a baseball game even if it is somebody that we don't know even if it is the dragons who you don't know a single player on their team it's you know what's happening live and the reruns were great for a while of the 2009 nba finals and carrie wood's 20 strikeout game being broadcasted on espn but eventually fans are going to have an itch for live sports so yeah it's safe to say that everyone wants baseball back but what I am worried about happening is, is the, the players holding out, like like we see NFL players doing almost a year. There's always that one big name NFL player. Last year, it was Melvin Gordon from the Los Angeles Chargers that we see holding out for a, a new contract for more money. Because at the end of the day, it's always about the money. It comes back to all, it comes back to the money. So, I mean, if that means there's no season where, then then it's no season. Like I said a couple minutes ago, it's it's inevitably up to the players. And if they don't agree with the major league owners on an agreement of pay cut, of salary, all that stuff, then there's no season. And as horrible as that would be, the, the players kind of run the show. And they don't have to agree to a deal. You know, there's still stipulations put in place where 
they still get their service time. They still get to the if they're they were a free agent this last off season, they're a free agent this off season. So losing a whole season is nothing in comparison, though, to serious sickness or even death. And yes, these are unprecedented times. Losing a season used to be the worst thing that could ever happen in professional sports. But 2020 is a whole different story. And one of the guys who said that he will not play with a reduced salary is Tampa Bay Rays starting pitcher Blake Snell. So on his Twitch stream, Blake Snell shared his opinion of the proposed deal offered by major league owners. And here's that. So go ahead and give that a listen. Y'all got, I mean, y'all got to understand, man, for me to go, for me to take a pay cut is not happening because the risk is through the roof. It's a shorter season, less pay. Like, bro, it's, yeah, man, I got to, no, I got to get my money. I'm not playing unless I get mine. Okay. And that's just the way it is for me. Like, I'm sorry if you guys think differently, but the risk is way the hell higher and the amount of money I make is way lower. Why would I think about doing that? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry. So in my head, I'm preparing for next season. And I'm preparing, well, I'm actually preparing for right now, but as if I'm preparing for next season. Like, it's it's super weird, man. Now, Now, Snell's comments show everyone just how many hurdles we still have to overcome. I think that's the that's the biggest thing that you can take away from his his opinion. And yes, it you know, a lot of people may think it makes him look bad and greedy and he immediately had to defend himself because he got he was being asked by newspapers, by media outlets, you know, doesn't that make you look greedy? Like doesn't doesn't that make you look bad? And he's like, "No, listen, we we need like as a player, I don't want to take He's like a 50 or a 33% pay cut on top of the 50% pay cut. I don't, I shouldn't have to, I should get the money that I'm signed. And yes, it it's, you got to give him some amount of respect because he does have a point, but then there's us, the fans that, man, you can't take 1 million instead of your 7 million. Like, is that really so bad? But the thing is, is to these guys, they're going to be risking a lot more. You're not going to see fans in the stadium, but the players are in the stadium. The players are in the clubhouse. And if one guy gets a fever or one guy gets tested positive, then it's, you know, oh, maybe we came back to baseball too early. You don't want to look or you don't want to jump too quickly and start the season. And then after something bad happens and makes it worse, you don't want to look back and say, oh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have started it right away. Maybe maybe it was a bad idea to try so hard to get an, an agreement in place between the MLB players union and the MLB owners. Maybe that was a bad idea. And so when when the players union agreed to initial initial pay cut in negotiations with the league shortly after the spring training season was put on hold, they honestly thought the salary negotiations for 2020 were officially ended. They thought, oh, Okay, we're taking a fifty percent pay cut. They won't ask us to, to you know, lose any more money. But here's the thing: it always comes back to the money. And so I think that with Blake Snell's comments and Mark Deshares, everybody is there'll be a, a certain aspect where we're all on the same page, and that can be we want baseball back. We're all on the same page there. But then there's all these little 
itty bitty hurdles that we still have to jump over that one guy or three people could be on the same page, but then there's these, this one guy that's not, and it, it ruins the whole thing. We got to reassess everything and we have to restructure the deal. So it's going to be very, very difficult. And if I'm going to be completely honest, I do not see an MLB season happening, even though that pains me to say it. I just think there are too many people to all eventually be on the same page and nobody wants to settle. And that's the thing is nobody wants to settle, especially when it comes to money and what you're owed. And then you're on that conversation of, well, how, what determines what you're owed and what determines what you deserve and stuff like that. And it's, it's just going to be a very, very sticky situation. A lot of, a lot of hoops to jump through for both the league owners for, the MLB commissioner, Rob Manfred and the players think of all the players that are in the MLB. And it's, it's going to be very, very difficult to structure a deal that satisfies everybody. And so, um, with that note, we're going to take a quick break, stick around for more diamond discussion up next. Hey everybody, I am Nick Sainer, host of the Diamond Discussion Podcast, and I wanted to take a second to ask you guys to check out the Pod Power Podcast group on Facebook and on Instagram or Twitter. Their username is PodPower3. They are a great podcast group with a lot of great content. There are a couple other sports podcasts like the Weekly Touchdown that breaks down football, and then there's Court Kings where they focus on basketball and the hardwood. They don't only have sport podcasts, but also one called Comedy Code that will make you laugh till you cry. They've added a couple new podcasts as well this year, so make sure you guys check them out and give them a listen. Without Pod Power, I would not be podcasting to you guys today, so go ahead, follow them. Once again, that username on Instagram and Twitter is PodPower3. Check them out on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome back to Diamond Discussion. I am your host, Nick Sainer. I hope you're having a great day, enjoying the day, whatever day it is. It could be June 10th, it could be July 4th, or it could be May 15th when this episode was released. I'm so glad that you guys are able to listen to the first episode of Diamond Discussion. I'm super excited to talk about baseball. And some baseball is something I'm super passionate about, so I'm, I'm ready to get this show on the road. All right, so we talked about Mark Teixeira, his comments and his beliefs on the MLB structured deal or proposed deal, excuse me, and Blake Snell, the starting pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, his comments as well. Now, let's let's take a little bit of a break from the COVID-19 pandemic talk. Let's let's step aside from that and let's think about Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Dodgers and in a blockbuster trade finalized in February of 2020 before any of that Corona stuff happened. The Dodgers sent Alex Verdugo and two of their top prospects to the Red Sox 
for Mookie Betts, who is possibly one of the best outfielders in the league, and starting pitcher David Price. Now, if there is no 2020 season, Mookie Betts will actually become a free agent this next offseason and will be able to sign with any team he chooses. And a guy of Mookie Betts' caliber is going to have multiple suitors that are offering him big-time contracts. Obviously, the Dodgers are going to be in the running, but you know, if Mookie Betts still decides that his heart is still in Boston, well, then he he's free to go back there. And man, the Red Sox will be sitting pretty, pretty well there if he does decide that. The Dodgers could lose big time. And once again, they'd still be searching for a World Series appearance. It's been a couple years, lost to the uh, Chicago Cubs a couple years in the NLCS. Um, they, they've been struggling in the postseason. They have really good regular seasons. They just struggle in the postseason. Yeah, so Mookie Betts signed a one-year, $27 million deal with the Dodgers, but he may never suit up for them at all. And that's going to hurt the Dodgers because they got rid of, they sent off in the trade, they sent a lot of their top prospects, their two top prospects for Mookie Betts. And if Mookie does not sign there at the end of this year, they don't get those prospects back. That's that's the kicker here is they, they're stuck without those prospects forever. And so unless they decide to trade for them back, but that's not going to happen. They're, they're too good of prospects that the, the Red Sox aren't going to want to trade away. So the Dodgers are kind of in a, in a questionable spot here. And they're there. If, if I was the front office, I would be a little bit worried because man, I just sent these guys off and I was expecting to get Mookie Betts who I, who I'm paying $27 million this year for. And I don't even get to see him play. I don't get to have him be a part of our team. And now you got to go through the stresses of the offseason. And is he going to sign? Is he going to go somewhere else? What's going to happen? You never know what's going to happen in free agency. And, and so if I were the Dodgers front office, I would be quite worried. Um, another player that may lose out on their final season of their with their team is St. Louis Cardinals catcher Yadier Molina, who is getting up there in age. So it's questionable if if the Cardinals will ex- extend his contract. And he's been one of the best backstops for teams, for pitchers, year in and year out. But age is a massive factor in whether or not you want to extend a player's contract. And personally, I do not know. It's it's kind of like Tom Brady with the New, New England Patriots. It's going to be weird seeing him in a different uniform. It, it would be crazy to see a guy like Yadier Molina who... Personally, I grew up watching him as a St. Louis Cardinal. It's going to be weird if he goes to the Mariners or the Phillies or, goodness sakes, the Cubs. It's, it'd just be weird. It's just It won't feel right, but it's a serious possibility. Ground ball, right side. Cabrera will cut it off. Galarraga covers. He's out. No, he's safe. He is safe. safe at first base. Armando Galarraga and baseball lovers, baseball fanatics are going to know this name. The former Detroit Tigers pitcher who pitched against the Cleveland Indians on June 2nd, 2010. He wants the MLB to officially recognize his almost perfect game. And I say almost because 
A blown call by first base umpire Jim Joyce called the runner safe, ending the perfect game bid. The whole fuss over it was that replays later showed that Joyce got the call wrong. Now, Joyce, Jim Joyce, the umpire, was very remorseful after the game, after he had seen the replay and realized that he got the call wrong, and he admitted that he got the call incorrect. He apologized to Galarraga, but still, baseball fans and Tigers management showed him quite a bit of criticism, and and part of me doesn't blame them, but part of me is like, well, you know, this is the first uh, first instance where non-human umpires came into effect and where it was the the subject was brought up about maybe maybe we should take out human umpires and this is this is my opinion on that and we're gonna we're gonna kind of stray away from the Galarraga we'll get back to it but that's my opinion on the electronic umpires don't do it I understand that the human element sometimes makes mistakes and I just don't agree with the fact of everything always being perfect. I don't want baseball to always be perfect. And that's what makes baseball baseball. The fact that you have an umpire out there that you can have as a as a fielder you can have a conversation with and I was a catcher in high school and there was a lot of umpires behind the plate that made the game more enjoyable. And I'm telling I mean if I understand that one mistake can cause a game. I I do. But if you're playing MLB baseball, or if you're in the MLB, you know that. And you know what makes baseball baseball. And I'm telling you right now that electronic umpires make would would make baseball worse. And so I'm really hoping that that's, that's something that I'm super passionate about. I'm hoping that the MLB does not decide to transition to electronic umpires and take out the human element of the game, even though the electronic umpires would make the game perfect and I know you guys can't see me but I'm using quotation marks under per er, around perfect because do we really want a perfect game and first first response is going to be well yeah why not why wouldn't we want something perfect well because that doesn't make baseball baseball now back to Galarraga um, the Detroit Tigers pitcher so the next day Tigers manager Jim Leland allowed Galarraga to take the lineup card to home plate before the next game, where he shook the hand of that same umpire, Jim Joyce, who was crying behind home plate because he felt so bad. And then the next game began as planned. Now, it seems like an easy decision for the league. The MLB should honor it. They, It's the right thing to do. I'm just surprised. I'm personally surprised it took so long for Galarraga to speak out and tell them, hey, maybe maybe you should honor my perfect game. I'm I'm kind of surprised it took so long. Now, on the flip side, it's it's probably unlikely that he'll get his wish because the the league is not known for making changes, not making or not known for making retroactive changes. But anybody who watched the game or saw highlights knows Armando Galarraga was perfect on June second, two thousand and ten. Now, moving on to the last subject of the first episode of the Diamond Discussion podcast, 
we're going to take a take a dive into Roy Holiday's career. And Roy Holiday was named nicknamed the Doc. And he would have turned 43 years old this last week. So in honor of him, we're going to look at some of his accolades from his outstanding career. Now, he played for the Toronto Blue Jays and the Philadelphia Phillies. And his number 32 jersey is retired in Toronto. And he's on the Phillies Wall of Fame. Holiday, or Holiday excuse me, has a career ERA of 3.38 runs allowed a game over his 15-year career. He was an eight-time All-Star. He won the Cy Young Award, which is giving to a, the best pitcher in, in each conference every year. He won that award twice. He pitched a perfect game against the Florida Marlins in 2010 and a postseason no-hitter that same year. He was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2019. On a more somber note, on November 7th, 2017, Roy Halladay passed away when he was performing stunts in a plane when he lost control and crashed. It was later announced in just April of this year that he was under the influence of drugs at the time of the tragedy. And that'll do it for today's podcast of the first episode of Diamond Discussion. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. I, I hope you guys were able to tell how passionate I am and how excited I am to get the ball rolling on this podcast. Please share it, like it up. Um, if you have not liked the Facebook page, Diamond Discussion, please do. Uh, I also We also have a Twitter, um, Diamond Discuss is the username. And feel free to ask any questions. DMs are always open. I'm super excited to keep this going, to start this up. Um, and thank you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I hope you guys come back for more. Till next time, Nick Sainer signing off. See you guys later.